Good morning, brother. Good to see you. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, I know we're starting a little bit late for those who are just paying attention. We we're starting about 30 minutes earlier, but Jed, let me ask you, what are some of the top news of the day that you've been paying attention to the last couple of days? Yeah, so just like we said last episode, um, it was really interesting. We were mentioning how you got to pay attention to this opt-out option. Who's going to opt out of the season? And boom, you must have heard uh, Damian Williams out of Kansas City, starting running back, opts out. Big news. That's the biggest name we've seen so far that opens the door, obviously, for the rookie for Clyde Edwards to be really, in my opinion, even top 10. But continue to watch these opt outs. The deadline is this Tuesday. So players have until this Tuesday to decide whether or not to opt out. Once you opt out, there's no option to come back. So it's a big deal, but continue to look for any bigger names. Obviously has an impact on the fantasy season and on the season as a whole. As far as the season as a whole, the only thing I'll say is it's looking pretty good that at least we're going to start. Uh, one thing to notice, uh, Roger Goodell has actually switched from saying, oh, we're going to have a full season to now saying we're going to have a complete season. So I'm feeling confident, Tommy, that the season is going to start. Whether or not it actually is a complete 16-game season or not, and it's uh, truncated, I think that's where we're at. Jed, I know last, uh, the other day we previewed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Since then, LaShawn McCoy has signed with the team. Does this affect any of the values for Ronald Jones? Yeah, absolutely. LaShawn McCoy uh, signing. Um, Shady McCoy was in Kansas City last year and actually was decent. You know, he played, yeah. he had like about five games that he decent in the regular season, kind of disappeared in the playoffs. They didn't use him in the playoffs at all. Um, you know, he's getting up there. He's not the Shady we knew from Buffalo. Um, but I think what it does is it, it, it brings down Ronald Jones's uh, value because it takes away some of his carry. So in my opinion, I, now I kind of want to shy away from that whole backfield because it's crowded. The only thing that I think a lot of times you'll pick up Shady McCoy is he's more of your touchdown running back versus Ronald Jones. Yeah, agree. He um, he definitely he scored. I think last season he had five touchdowns in the in in each of the, uh, one in each of the games he was in. Um, so yeah, th th there's going to hurt his value either way. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see. I I think uh, we'll have to see how it shakes out. Again, I'm still waiting really for Tuesday to finalize a lot of lists because who knows who's going to yeah. opt out. And and you really need to be paying atten paying attention to the lines. Um, that's something we'll talk about in a second with bust. But I think the lineman play is going to be hugely affected by these opt outs. Speaking of uh, the other day, we talked about sleepers. Today, we're going to talk about bus. So, hey, why don't you go with your first one that you have for a bus? Yeah, so as I was saying, um, I'm actually going to go big. I So again, for bust, my definition is someone you draft in a particular round and they drop at least two rounds as far as how they perform an actual season. And I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley with yeah. the Giants. Yeah. Um, he's being drafted in the top five. We just found out that Nate Solder, the starting tackle, opted out of the line. He is a mainstay on that line, uh, Pro Bowl player. Um, they actually just drafted a new rookie tackle and we're hoping that Solder would be the one to kind of mentor him and help him. Now he's gone. Now they've got a rookie coming in to potentially replace. That screws up the line. Um, Barkley's coming off of a high ankle sprain last year, really banking on Daniel Jones being consistent. Daniel Jones was so up and down last year at the quarterback position. Um, another thing to note, there has been a different RB1 every year for 13 straight years. So it's constantly rotating. I think Barkley is still going to maybe be in the outside of the top 10, but I don't think he's going to be top five. That's my first bust. Yep. And the concern is their wide receiving core in New, uh, New York isn't exactly the best that stands out. 
You have a bunch of number twos, wide receiver twos and threes, and Daniel Jones is so inconsistent. You're just going to load out the box and stop Saquon Barkley. Yep, exactly. It's going to be a lot of pressure. Um, you know, Barkley certainly wasn't the player last year that we saw the year previous. Um, so, you know, I think it's just a lot. And I don't think it's a comment on Barkley's talent level. I think yeah. Barkley is off the charts. I think um, he he deserves his number two draft position. Um, but I just don't think he's going to produce in the top five. Jed, mine is going to be quarterback Aaron Rodgers. And the reason why Love I say it. that. He is no longer a quarterback one. He barely hit the 4,000-yard mark in passing yards. His 26 touchdown passes were the second lowest of his career. The th first lowest was the 25 the year before. Green Bay has shown that it's going to be running a little bit more with the drafting of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And last year, he ranked outside in the top 10. Also, last season, he produced fewer than 15 touchdowns. Uh, 50 fantasy points in 10 of his 16 starts. And from week nine on, he only averaged about 1.3 passing touchdowns. And well, so as, that's my concern. As a Bears fan, I love it. <laughs> I hope that you're absolutely right. Um, you know, Rodgers is, you know, and I agree. He's been on the downtrend. Um, you've seen that. He hasn't been in top 10 in quite a while more. just squeaking in, um, I think, uh, maybe two years ago. So, yeah, I, I think Rodgers is a good call for a bust. Um, it's just hard to, to, to quantify how much you know his anger is going to be and how that's going to affect his play because he has a lot to prove yep. uh, but i agree you're taking a risk with him either way he's certainly not a surefire top 10 qb yeah because back in the days when he was available the second or third round you just grabbed him right away knowing that he would just score you around 30 points a game you just knew that yeah, yeah. I mean, he he was definitely very consistent. Um, if you look at the top ten in quarterbacks, it's really interesting. Um, there's definitely been a shift, and you can see there's kind of a changing of the guard, and he's kind of part of that old guard. Yep, yep. Next one, Jeff. Yeah, and actually, I'll go to the quarterback position. As I was saying, um, when uh, to me, when you look at the top ten list of quarterbacks, and you know, everyone has their own rankings and systems, and you'll see the different lists out there. Again, you'll see a lot of youth. Um, obviously, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. Um, you'll see a uh, Kyler Murray. You'll see a lot of youth. There's one name in the top ten QB list that stands out to me as not belonging there, and that's Josh Allen. Um, Josh Allen, in, in a lot of places, is ranked seventh, eighth. Uh, high as fifth I have seen him um, I just don't agree with that I think um, Josh Allen is still um, too streaky um, not as consistent and the thing with Allen is you know you're really depending on his running ability like what puts him up there is people are saying that he's getting his points from from running he's a scoring threat and that's where he's adding to his passing value the issue with Allen is the passing value is not there you really just don't see the stats on that side and so he's people I think are just uh, thinking he's a Pat Mahomes a Lamar J uh, Jackson type. He's not. Um, he doesn't have that consistency. I don't think he's going to have that connection with Stefan Diggs that people are hoping for. So my bust out of the QB position is Josh Allen. And we haven't previewed the Buffalo Bills yet, but at the same time, you also seen from Stefan Diggs' time in Minnesota, if he does not get the ball, then from that point on, he complains a lot. And so there's a breakdown in communication. Everyone thinks Devin Singletary will do really well. I personally think uh, he probably won't do as well as you think he will do. Mm. And so a lot of times it will affect the overall. Their defense is the thing that saves them every single time. 
Yeah, exactly. And Buffalo, their defense is, is strong. And, you know, they're excited this year. They have a chance with uh, Brady gone. I think they're hoping that they can win that division. And I think they'll still be a strong team. You know, and this is one of those situations where fantasy output versus the actual production of winning games and, and stats on the field. You know, I think Allen is a good quarterback for them. But for fantasy purposes, I'm not drafting him in the top 10. But ironically, and last thing I'll say about Josh Allen, he did finish six amongst all quarterbacks with 297 fantasy points, and people love his running ability as well, too. Yeah, exactly. His running is what saves him. And you know what? He he was. I mean, but again, I feel like there was a little bit of surprise factor last year as well. Um, defenses are going to be ready, more ready for that this year and able to plan for that. Um, so I'm expecting a drop-off. Yeah. For mine, Jed, Amari Cooper is my next one. All right. Totally inconsistent. That's my frustration with Amari Cooper. He has some outstanding games. For instance, last year, he had 11 receptions, 226 yards against the Packers. And people remember these big games. But he has certain games where he completely disappears. But now you have C.D. Lamb in Dallas, and you have Michael Cooper, uh, uh, Michael Gallup over in Dallas as well, too. So that's my concern, and that's my frustration with Amari Cooper. For the level that he's drafted at as your wide receiver one, probably in the second, maybe in the third round, but probably in the second round. I'm not sure if he's worth it. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'm down on Cooper as well. Um, and you're right. He's being drafted roughly in the 10 to 15th position as a top 10 to 15th wide receiver. And I think that's too high. Um, you know, as you said, um, he's got both CD Lamb now and Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup was an over 1,000 yard receiver last year. Um, just a lot of mouths to feed in Dallas. I am high on CD Lamb too. Um, I think he's going to produce and do well in Dallas, but I think it's going to come um, primarily at the expense of Amari Cooper. So I'm I'm there with you. Jed, let's do one more for you on your end. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'll stay in the wide receiver position and go with another big name, which is um, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Um, and I hate that. I've drafted the guy and, uh, you know, I had him when he was in New York and he was unbelievable. He's got the famous catch and he was on the Madden cover. Um, but you know what? He's just not the player he was. And mm -hmm. uh, in Cleveland, I just don't see him producing. He's being drafted on average as high as 10th um, or even at the back half of the top 10 of wide receivers. And that is just way too high for his production. Yeah. Um, so, you you know, um, Jarvis Landry um, actually was the leading receiver last year, and I think he's going to continue on that trend. Um, Beckham is getting a little bit older as well. I think he's going to really naturally progress into this this number two slot. And again, just doesn't justify his high draft position. I think people are drafting him on name only, so that's my bust out of the wide receiver position. Yep. Last, last Tuesday, he's produced 151 receptions for a total of 10 touchdowns and 2,000 yards. Just not very good. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, very quickly, who was your other one, Jed? Uh, I had Rob Gronkowski at uh, tight end. Rob Gronkowski, yeah, again, high draft position. Um, just, I just don't see how he's even a top five, um, maybe not even a top ten tight end. Um, I can't see it. He was, you know, if you look at his last year, um, he really wasn't producing. It's not only injuries, um, but he's just getting up there in age. And you know, his game was so predicated on physically dominating people, and you just can't keep it up that up consistently. And he just doesn't have that kind of wily veteran status to still be a, a play. I think the main thing he's going to be at his size is maybe a touchdown dependent kind of tight end, but I'm certainly not drafting him where he's, he's regularly going, which is even in the top five for tight ends. Chad, we don't have time to go through the rest of my list, but I the other one that I had was David Johnson. Not okay. about David Johnson. <laughs> Julio Jones, for where he's picked, 
not crazy about Julio Jones because he cannot catch a touchdown. Yeah, I I agree with you on both. Well, David Johnson, I'm on the flip side. I think he's got some upside. I, I kind of like Johnson, but Julio, I agree with you. You know, Calvin Ridley is is definitely eating into that, and he's he shouldn't be drafted as high as he is. Um, so I can I can buy that too. And last two, Stefan Diggs, and also uh, Stefan Diggs and Sony Michelle. Yeah, we heard your 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 hate of Sony Michelle. Yes. So that fits. Um, yeah, I think the New England backfield is a tricky one. And Stefan Diggs, yeah, I think that one, you know, the whole thing is he needs to have the deep ball. And and Josh Allen last year was one of the worst at throwing the deep ball. And so how are you going to utilize Stefan Diggs' speed? I think that's one of the biggest issues there. Well, hey, thank you. And today we're actually going to preview the AFC South. And let me make sure. Our first team that I would love to talk about today, Jed? Yes. Tennessee Titans. All right, Tennessee Titans. So AFC South, interesting uh, division. Really, if you think about it, uh, well, probably one of the weakest divisions football-wise. But in fantasy, uh, it doesn't matter because it's all about fantasy points. And sometimes the weak divisions actually produce the most points because you get a lot of garbage time points, a lot of shootouts, um, weak defenses. And so this, in, this division is interesting to watch. Tennessee Titans um, obviously coming off of their playoff run last year. Um, the, you know, winning the division and just uh, Vegas has them at 8.5 wins, though. So it's interesting that even in Vegas, um, they are not the highest number of wins for this division. So Vegas is saying, you know what, we're expecting a regression. I'm kind of in the same boat. I think uh, the Titans, you're going to see a regression across all the boards. Um, so we'll need to talk about which players to look at. Um, but obviously, Tannehill and Derrick Henry being the headliners. Um, but I think there's going to be a regression overall in, in Tennessee. Hey, where do you see uh, Ryan Tannehill? I mean, he was a flop in Miami, did really well. Now as a backup coming in to Mariota last season, and he's now the clear-cut starter, new contract, everything. What do you see think about him? Yeah, you have to really uh, be impressed with what he did. Coming in midseason, had a career basically wet rest of the season, um, had a career high completion rate of 70% last year. Um, his uh, QB quarterback rating, for those of you who don't know, this quarterback rating is this overall system they've developed to rate quarterbacks and people use it now. And generally, if you're over 100 points, it's pretty good. But he had 117 QBR last year. Um, but he was still the 21st fantasy rated quarterback last year. Um, so really, I don't think think he's an option um, as a starter or even really as a as a much of a backup I think he's he's basically a streaming option a bi-week option um, he's likely to be in that 15th to 20th uh, rated quarterback again yeah now I would say in terms of fantasy strategy if he is sitting there and I still have no quarterback in the 12th to 13th round where I picked all my players I would probably pick him up Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't picked up a quarterback by the 12th or 13th round, you probably got bigger problems than Ryan Tannehill. So, <laughs> But at the same time, sometimes I, my strike is I'll sit there and load it up on some of the best players. And then I just know in the back of my head, Ryan Tannehill will probably uh, be there. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys like that, though, that are better than Tannehill. I, I'll, I'll talk about Matt Ryan. I mentioned him last week. I mean, I think Matt Ryan just, just sits out there. No one wants him. He's getting older, super consistent. I take him over a Ryan Tannehill. 
Derrick Henry, what do you think about him? Oh, Derrick Henry, love him. Um, he was revelation last year. If you ever got to watch Derrick Henry play, you should do it. This guy is a giant, first of all. Like, you know when you play Madden and you've got that huge, you, you create that huge player compared to everyone else? That's who Derrick Henry is. I mean, he just looks so big, um, runs over people. Last year, he was the second highest rated running back fantasy-wise, posted over 1,500 yards, 16 touchdowns, had 5.1 yards per attempt. He averaged 102 yards per game. I mean, just an amazing season. Um, also had 18 receptions for 260 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you know, it's just, I don't see him doing that again. I don't see him producing um, at that level again. And a lot of his production comes after the uh, after initial contact. And so that wears on you. He's an elite back, still likely a top five back. Um, I would draft him without reservation, but some people are saying, oh, this guy could go number one. I don't see that. Um, but I do think he, he can easily be in your top five um, at the back half. It's great back. But the concern with Derrick Henry is he doesn't exactly catch the ball. And so his career higher receptions is just 18. Just yeah. signed a new contract. Doubt sometimes with injury issues. I would not be surprised if suddenly he has an injury issue that affects it. Deion Lewis is gone. They have a third, uh, uh, they have a rookie running back that they drafted in the third round. So suddenly if Derrick Henry goes down, it affects the entire offense because it does focus on Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he had career highs in everything last year, so it's it's quite likely you'll see a little bit of regression off of that. Um, but he is just physically an amazing yeah. specimen. I mean, just really, um, and he does come to play in big games, that is for sure. And so, you know, something to look at, but I still like him clearly in the top 10, um, but I would say, yeah, maybe towards the middle of that um, as opposed to the top half. But we've also talked about it, right? I mean, for some of those guys who signed big contracts, this is probably his biggest contract. Let's see how his motivation level is uh, as the season starts. Yeah, exactly. I'm a lot of a lot of running backs. You see a drop off after they sign that huge contract. He is only 26, though, um, so his youth is definitely going to help him here. Um, you know, like I said, a great back to own. Personally, I still like him in that top five range, uh, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, the next one I would love your thoughts on is someone who I love, AJ Brown. Yeah, A.J. Brown burst onto the scene last year as a rookie. Um, obviously, tremendous upside. A lot of rookies, wide receivers don't hit their stride, really, to their second or third year, so expecting continued growth from him. He had 52 receptions with over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns, was a big play threat. His average yards per catch was 20.2, which is really pretty impressive. A uh, solid wide receiver one. Um, I think he's likely to break into the top 10 this year. Um, there is a huge drop off after AJ Brown though on the receiving core. It goes next to Corey David and Adam Humphreys. You may not have even heard of either of those names. Really both of those wide uh, wide receivers are only worth considering as bi-week fill-ins unless there's an injury to an AJ Brown. But I like AJ Brown as the number one. He proved himself last year. He's only going to be better this year. Um, so I think he'd be a great pick. Now AJ Brown a lot of times, especially in the last eight games in 2019, 30 receptions, 703 yards, five touchdowns. Better in standard leagues than PPR leagues because he doesn't get as much volume, but more so the, he's a long home run threat that would score a touchdown for you. 
Yeah, exactly. When you see something like an average yards per catch of over 20, that tells you that this is a guy who's catching bombs. And like you said, in PPR leagues, that hurts you. You really want the guy who's catching a lot of quick passes for PPR leagues, but this is the home run hitter. Um, but still, he gets you those yards and the touchdowns are there. He's the focal point of the of the receiving offense. Um, you know, I think he's the, he's still worth a top 10 pick or a, a top for wide receiver. <laughs> One last question. If you were Picking in the early rounds, I mean, if you at the latter round, you snake, you pick the first round, and you pick the second round, would you pick A.J. Brown knowing by the time the third to fourth comes to you, you will no longer have the option? Yeah, if he if he was, I would have no problem with him being my number one wide receiver. So okay. if I had gotten my running back, and then I'm looking at him, and he's maybe going to be my uh, my second, even yeah, in that second round. So I'm trying to jump ahead of him. I wouldn't have a problem with that pick. I think that's good. Got it. Got it. Hey. Um, what do you think of John U. Smith? Yeah, tight end. He's the clear number one now. I actually was a big Delaney Walker fan, um, who was the number one last year, um, but he's gone. And so um, last year, Smith had 35 receptions for 439 yards and three touchdowns. Had a nice rapport with Ryan Tannehill. And so there is a little bit of upside there, but I still have him outside of the top 10 of tight ends. And so, as I said, strong tight end class this year. Not someone I'm really looking to draft, um, but if you, if you need to pick him up, if your strategy is to not get a tight end until late, not necessarily. A, a, a terrible guy to look at. Next one. Indianapolis Colts. Yep, the Colts. As I mentioned, um, this is the team Vegas has is winning the division. So they've got them at nine wins. Um, Colts had a down year last year. Obviously, there was the shocking retirement um, announcement by Andrew Luck. Kind of threw them into a tizzy. J Jacoby Brissett came in, did an, an admirable job filling in for them. They still finished seven and nine, uh, missed the playoffs for the fourth time in the past five years. But now Philip Rivers is in town. I'm a big fan of Philip Rivers. I like him, the 38 year old. It's really, I think, itching to prove the Chargers made a mistake. Um, this team still has a strong defense. Um, they're bringing back, um, you know, strong defense. And as we said, there's kind of a changing of the guard to youth there. And so I think they're they're right there. Um, and again, I think Vegas agrees with that, picking them really to win the, um, the division. Don't sleep on Rivers. He had over 4,000 passing yards, 23 touchdowns, also 20 interceptions. It hurt him a little bit, but he did finish as the 15th rated QB last year. I think that's about right as well for this year. Um, wouldn't necessarily have him as a QB one, uh, but I think he would make sense right in the back half of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you have you ever drafted Rivers at all? Have you ever used him in any of your leagues? I have. I have drafted Rivers. I am. I personally am a fan of the strategy where you connect the QB with the wide receiver. And so the times I drafted Keenan Allen, I liked having Phillip Rivers as a connecting point or even a Hunter Henry connected them. I always like playing uh, that connection. Uh, I think you get like just get more, more points that way. The only thing last year is Jed, he tossed the second most interceptions of his career last year with 20. You just know with Phillip Rivers, he has zero mobility. Last year was sacked 34 times, but he throws a lot of yardage, and with the weapons he has, he'll get a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, and remember that Indianapolis is known for their line. I mean, they yeah. built that line to protect Andrew Luck, you know, their number one draft investment, and so that line is still there for Rivers. And so I think he's going to get the best protection he's probably ever had, and so I think that's going to help him in that department. But I agree with you, it's a concern. Yeah, and we've talked a lot about line. You have to pay attention to the line. Because if the line is bad, like the Bears, but uh, it really, really is terrible for the quarterback. But a Dallas line as well as the Indianapolis line really helps out the team. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was saying. You got to pay attention to these linemen that are opting out or any linemen that go into the COVID protocol. It's a big deal. New England lost the um, two linemen. Uh, one was a reserve, one is a starter. But you got to pay attention to that. Kansas City lost their starting guard. The, these line impacts are huge. You know, just one player going down on the line on either side on offense or defense really screwed things up. You really look at the Bears, you know, they lost one um, their nose tackle and um, last year lost Akeem Hicks. And once one player like that drops it can just dramatically affect the entire offense or defense yep 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 hey wide receiver let's talk about the wide receiver thoughts yeah so ty hilton um you know coming off quad and calf injuries only played in 10 games last year as we talked about the rookie michael pittman jr big body at usc um and had a great you know a coming out party last year i agree with what you were saying before is that he may be taking over in place of ty hilton this year i think um he's a solid pick ty hilton i think um will still be in the top 15 consideration um but if i had to pick between these two i like going towards Pittman. um he will be battling uh zach pascal who was actually last year's leading receiver on the colts he had 41 receptions 607 yards and five touchdowns and then they have a sophomore Paris Campbell is coming back from injuries, uh, injuries. So it's a little bit crowded back there. Um, but I like Pittman. I like Hilton as potential draftees. Now, like you said, we were talking about sleepers. Michael Pittman is your sleeper for where he's drafted at. He is the best value. T.Y. Hilton is still your number one receiver. But there's injury issues. But with Phillip Rivers, you know the ball is going to T.Y. Hilton. It's his last year. It's a contract year. You know that he's going to be motivated and he's going to do well. Michael Pittman is on the other side of him. He's going to be running all the time and on the field all the time. Paris Campbell, I think, is a little inconsistent, but by next year, he'll take the place of a T.Y. Hilton. But, like, uh, T I'm not, you know, my frustration with T.Y. Hilton is when I draft him, still inconsistent. But last year he had uh, Brissett, and let's see what happens with uh, Philip Rivers. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, um, he should do better with a better quarterback at the helm. Um, and also, you know, uh, I love those players in contract years. You usually see them ball out. So that's uh, always a good thing. Um, at the running back position, uh, Marlon Mack had a solid year last year, had over a thousand yards, eight touchdowns, 4.4 yards per attempt, um, but basically no receiving. He only had 82 receiving yards, finished as the 17th rated running back overall. They brought in Jonathan Taylor. I know you're high on him, Tommy, yep. um, out of Wisconsin as a workhorse course. He was second in the nation in attempts last year, so he's proven he can carry the load. Um, and actually, his style really compares favorably to a Nick Chubb. And so he's still a rookie, so we have to see. I think rookies of all years this year is going to be one of the hardest years for rookies because they don't have the great preseason yep. right with all of the COVID and everything it's going to be really hard for them to learn the playbook and adjust um so i think both are really running back twos to be looking at um i think taylor is maybe someone depending on how um, low you can get him that you could pick as a flyer for the second half of the season um, but i'm not looking to draft either of these guys as my rb1 really jet i am all in jonathan taylor out of Wisconsin, all in. For it, Marlon Mack, this guy was a stud in college. You're just going to keep running the ball. Now, if he fumbles, he's a little out, but that's his only biggest issue. But I am all in on Jonathan Taylor. All right, so how high are you drafting him? Where are you getting him? I would probably, if I see him in the, if he's still sitting there in the uh, fourth or fifth row, I'm drafting him. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. You're right. There is potential there. And as you said, Indianapolis has a great line. So he's going to be running behind that. Um, a lot of potential for a home run there.
more so, especially in my strategy, pick two wide receivers. And even in the third or fourth round, if I'm sitting there, I'm picking Chris Carson and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, uh, you know, I agree with you. If that is your strategy, if you pick wide receiver, if your strategy is to wait on running back, then you got to pick the guys who have the potential to be home yep. runs. And so yep. that's exactly right. A Chris Carson, a Jonathan Taylor fit that mode perfectly. Or even, let's say, uh, here's a realistic situation. Uh, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, or DeAndre Hopkins, and then you wait to pick Todd Gurley and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, uh, I think Gurley is another one that fits right in there. Um, I, I don't think you're going to get Adams and Hopkins, though, <laughs> or Adams and Thomas. I mean, I think that's your dream, but I don't know. I think people are going to jump on that on that bandwagon, but we'll have to see. That that certainly would work out as a good strategy. All right. Jack Doyle, do you like Jack Doyle at all? Um, you know, no, I think, um, yeah, Doyle's got it to himself now, um, at the tight end position. He's really, no, oh, I, let me just disagree with you. With Trey Burton. Trey Burton. Yeah. Trey Burton out, <laughs> out of the bears, right? He's in the mix now. I mean, um, people are saying Doyle should be the starter though. And, um, you know, Burton, there was so much hype and obviously here in Chicago, we just saw him, you know, and we kept wanting him to, to produce, but it didn't really happen. Um, personally, I'm I'm avoiding both of these guys. I think um, one of them could sneak into the top 10 if one of them can, can show out as, as being the dominant one. Um, but I'm I'm really not not looking to either of these guys um, to produce. But there's a possibility, like we said, you know, Rivers is great, and Rivers had a great rapport with his tight ends, and so I could see him picking up one of these guys and, and choosing. It's just which one, and I'm I'm really not sure. All right, Houston Texans talking. About Houston, Houston Texans. All right, um, so Texans coming in um at seven point five wins. You know, I was I was studying this team. I was surprised to hear Deshaun Watson. You feel like I feel like he's been in the league forever. He's only twenty four years old. You know, he's a really young guy. Natural dual threat. His consistency makes him a lock as a QB one. Um, he's finished in the top five at the quarterback position for the past two years, despite dysfunction at the head coaching position. I mean, they're really just messed up um, as far as management in Texas. Uh, in Texas, I don't know what they're doing there. But last year, Deshaun Watson had almost four thousand yards, had twenty six touchdowns to twelve interceptions. Also added another. 413 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. So even with Hopkins' departure, I think Watson has proved he's a solid pick. Yeah. I have no problems with this guy as my QB1 yeah. um, and would be delighted to get him. Oh, my gosh. He's so good. He's probably your third quarterback. And if you see him in round five, you are so tempted to snag that guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think now the league has really gone to these dual threat quarterbacks, those who you're getting points from the rushing and the passing. In a lot of ways, Deshaun Watson was ahead of his time. He's really, um, you know, before Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson, he was already doing his thing. And so I um, like him as a pick. As we talked about with the running back position, David Johnson, I think I think he's a prime candidate for a bounce back year. Um, Carlos Hyde is gone. Duke Johnson is the only viable backup there. Um, I think David Johnson is going really low. He's going as low as the eighth and the ninth round. Um, his ADP is putting him there, and I think he can project to being over a thousand yards and eight to nine touchdowns, which puts him in solid running back two territory with some upside. So I like David Johnson. Um, Duke Johnson is really only a handcuff for um, you know injuries or a flex possibility, and or in PPR leagues, Duke Johnson is the receiving back, third down back, so someone you might consider as a flex in PPR leagues. Oh, I mean, if I again, if I use my wide receiver strategy at the beginning. I'm going to bank my hopes that David Johnson, who was not, who was just recently a number one uh, first round pick, 
couple of years ago to be my running starting running down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, if you have that strategy, he is one of these guys. He's either going to be boom or bust. Johnson either is going to really prove people wrong um, and jump into into the you know top ten, top I mean top fifteen kind of category, or or he's going to be a bust. And there's going to be a reason that the Cardinals let him go and decided to stick it with Kenyon Drake. And I bet you a lot of times the Houston Texans look at it. Carlos Hyde did pretty well under their system, and I think David Johnson with his ability to catch and is a better runner than Carlos Hyde would do better in this system. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the Texans have always had a strong run game. They're very, um, I think they do the the zone scheme blocking on their line. And so it'll be interesting to see um, if Johnson adjusts well to that. But I like Johnson. I think it's a solid pick. Like you said, there's a chance for um, some offside there. At the wide receiver position, obviously the loss of um, Hawkins um, is a big one. Um, but you got to, in your mind, you got to be thinking, okay, where do all those passes go, right? He had over 100 yard, over 100 receptions. Where do all those catches go? Brandon Cooks is one to watch. He came in. I think he's going to eat up some of those. Um, Will Fuller, who was there, who's been there, um, is the typically the number um, two wide receiver. I always pick up Will Fuller at one point throughout the season as kind of a streamer because he's kind of like the home run hitter. You get a boomer bust with him. Um, but he needs to stay injury-free. Uh, Cooks did have a down year last year in L.A. I know you don't like him, Tommy, I think. But I think he has a chance to be um, not only the wide receiver one, but a, a strong upside here. Um, I like him as a potential wide receiver receiver two pick. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I'll say on the, I think those are the two receivers to look out for, um, in Texas. Oh my gosh, Jed, I love Will Fuller. If you could stay on the field, he's great. You ever watch him play games? The guy, when he is healthy, is phenomenal in 16 healthy games, 82 catches, 1200 yards, seven touchdowns in his connection with Watson. He is really, really good. Cooks on the other hand, is he was terrible in Los Angeles, but mostly because Jared Goff and him just did not throw to each other. And so a lot of times, I would probably say with Watson, you'll see definitely a C, a better cook. But this is his fourth team. From the Saints, Patriots, Rams, now Texans, this is his fourth team, and he just does not seem to do well. He's usually about a mid-round average wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, it might be surprising you know, though. So, yeah, he had a down year last year. Before that, though, he had four straight 1,000-yard seasons. So, I mean, the guy can certainly play. Um, he can, you know, it will just be, be interesting to see if Watson can get this connection with him. I think that's the big thing um, there. But, you know, we'll see. At the tight end position, they have Darren Fells and Jordan Atkins um, kind of sharing the tight end positions. It's weird. They both had almost identical stats. 36 and 34 receptions receptively. Um, difference was really in TDs. So in TDs, Fells had seven TDs. Atkins only had two. So if you're going to pick between the two of these, you got to go with Fells. But really, neither is more than a backup uh, a backup option for fantasy purposes. Judge, I, I am surprised you gave them even two minutes. I was just a broadcast and not even talking about that. <laughs> All right. We'll go to Jacksonville, uh, the last team in the league. I think um, they're rated at 4.5 wins. Nick Foles was a huge disappointment for them last year. Um, he's now in Chicago. And fan favorite, Gardner Minshew II, um, the mustache. He is back. It's his chance now. Um, he ended up as the 20th rated quarterback, had over 3,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, um, six interceptions. He did 
did have seven fumbles, 13 total fumbles and seven lost. So hopefully there'll be some growth there. But he's really a strictly a fantasy backup um, or a bye week streamer, not someone you're looking at as a QB1. Um, I think if anyone, this this team is really all about DJ Chirk. That's if you're, in terms of fantasy positions, that's the guy that you want to look at. A clear number one wide receiver, had a nice rapport with Minshew last season, had over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, he's someone I would take a look at. Now, the only thing with Gardner Minch, you know a lot of times with Jacksonville, who used to have a very good defense, has lost everyone in their defense. Yep. Minshew has no one behind them. They're in a position to want to get so bad to draft the quarterback with Trevor Lawrence. He will just be throwing all day. That's right. There's going to be a lot of garbage points there. They're going to get blown out. Um, yeah, you're right. I think they're in the tank for Trevor um, contest. So we'll see how they do. Um, Leonard Fournette, um, you know, behind him there, um, did not have his fifth year option picked up by the team. So he's in his contract year. But again, um, this is just a team that's not, they're going to be in a, in a lot of tough positions. They're going to be throwing a lot, catching up a lot. So is Fournette going to get some opportunities? Probably not. He did put up over a thousand yards last year um, and he had 76 receptions. So for PPR leagues purposes, he did have a lot of catches, um, but no touchdowns. He had a total of three touchdowns um, all year. And actually, um, over three years, Leonard Fournette only had 17 total touchdowns, which blew me away for his, um, you know, his skill set. He's he has got good skills, but I think he's really more of a RB two, um, particularly if you're in a um, PPR league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do like Leonard Fournette. I mean, I would definitely pick him over Todd Gurley, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah, on the back half, I could see that. Um, again, if you are in a PPR league, um, you know, the, the value is there. And as we said, I think there's going to be a lot of checkdowns from Minshew. And so checkdowns always help with Leonard Fournette. For those of you newbies, checkdowns are when the quarterback basically can't figure out who to throw to. He has a safety valve. And so that's checked down. And usually it's the running back. And like you said, it is a contract year. So they are more heavily motivated during contract year. Yeah, exactly. Um, usually that, you know, pays out for players. I always like that. Um, behind DJ Chirk as the number one wide receiver, you've got DD Westbrook and Chris Conley. Um, they're both really, in my mind, more like wide receiver threes. Um, there's also a Keenan Cole out there and they have a new draft pick, LaVisca Chenault out of Colorado. Um, but I'm really, um, the only person I would maybe consider is the the rookie wide receiver. And that would be as a very late round pick. Um, he's coming out of Colorado, had a great season there, um, has the physical um, attributes to look for so someone maybe to look at um at the tight end position tyler efer he's the clear number one um some people are, are i think this guy is someone to take a look at but he to me is injury prone the jags haven't had consistency at the tight end position for quite some time so it's for me someone i would avoid and the key thing a lot of times for me is look at the offensive corner it's no longer the offensive corner from last year you have jay gruden former head coach of the washington redskins now and his offensive system is actually pretty good with the addition of Chris Thompson, who is your pass catching running back. I actually, and also with the wide receivers, I think Chark would just do a very, very good job this year. As a wide receiver, too, you cannot go wrong with DJ Chark. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I would say he's a solid wide receiver to pick um, and with upside. And so, you know, he is going to be, like I said, they're going to be throwing a lot and he's going to be the focal point there. So, potential, uh, a lot of potential for him. All right, Jed, five minutes to spare. I, I know a lot of times you have to run to a tennis appointment. Uh, <laughs> and so we have five minutes before you have to head out. So thank you so much, Jed. Yeah, no, thanks, Tommy. Always a blast. And thanks, everyone who's uh, paying attention and listening. Um, we're having a good time. Hope you guys are, too.
Remember, our podcast has launched, and so you can download it on all of your platforms. And also, if you want to find us on Instagram and Facebook, it's fantasymatchup.nfl. That's fantasymatchup.nfl. Thanks, Chad. All right. Thanks, Tommy. Talk soon. Bye.